everybody, Brent Kessler here with The Money Multiplier, another exciting podcast. Today we're going to talk about maximizing the Money Multiplier plan, and I have um, a guest, uh, my colleague, uh, my daughter, my assistant, Hannah Kessler, is here with me today. She knows this concept very well. She's been hearing me speak about it and teach it now for several, several years. So um, happy to have Hannah on the podcast with us today. So welcome, Hannah. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get right into it. And um, again, we're going to talk about maximizing the money multiplier plan. Now, remember, the machine that we're using to do this is a whole life insurance policy in a mutual company that pays dividends, not just any whole life policy. We're using a specifically designed, specially engineered policy designed for the banking concept, designed to have high cash value immediately. And my definition of immediately, as you all know, Hannah, is what? Within 30 days. Within 30 days. That's right. You put money into the policy and within 30 days, you're able to get the money out. So anyway, Hannah, I know that sometimes when we're talking about maximizing this plan, you talk to a lot of our members and, you know, they have questions for you. And um, I know the one question that you get is, when is the best time to begin borrowing from the policy, right? Um, so I don't know, Hannah, if I would ask you just like when the best time is, to, to, or, okay, so like when is the best time to begin to borrow from the policy, how would you answer that? I would say immediately. Right, because my thought process is is that if you have cash sitting in the policy, use it. That I, you know, there, there's no point in having the money just sit there because the, the, my favorite part about all of this is is that it doesn't matter if your money is sitting inside the policy or it's not sitting inside the policy. You're going to keep earning that uninterrupted compounding on the cash inside of there. So so take that money out and go do the business that you're already doing in your life with it. Yeah, absolutely right. That's a good point. As Hannah said, you know, um, remember, so whenever we take a loan from the policy, we're not borrowing our dollars. We're not borrowing our dollars out of the policy. We're simply putting our policy up for collateral and we're taking a loan from the general fund of the insurance company. So our money is still in the policy growing and compounding at that guaranteed compounded growth rate, even though we're using the money. And that's a pretty powerful thing. I don't know of another tool, another vehicle on this planet that allows you to do that, um, that actually allows you to borrow and take money and you're still earning the compounded interest as the money was all in there. And let's talk about that though, because th that's the only reason that we're using this platform of a whole life policy. We, we don't care that that it's insurance. You know, if, if we could do the same thing with plastic water bottles, we'd be talking about how great plastic water bottles bottles are, right? That, that's right. Absolutely right. Absolutely. So yes, we're earning uninterrupted compound interest. And again, I don't know of another vehicle on this planet with these features and benefits that allows you uh, to do this. So, and then of course, obviously, uh, okay, only borrow the money if you actually have use for the money, right? And I'm assuming most of you do because a lot of you have debts, you have expenses that you're paying. I mean, even if you don't have third-party debt, you have expenses that you're paying, right? Or maybe you're investing, maybe you are a real estate 
investor. Maybe you invest in the stock market, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. I have clients that like cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, um, even antique cars, right? Remember, the policy is not the investment, although a lot of people think it's the investment because it has a guaranteed growth rate, but the policy is not the investment. Uh, the policy is the process that's going to be used to make the investment. Remember what Nelson Nass says. He says everybody should be in two businesses, the business where you make a living, right? That's whatever you do to make a living. And the second business is the banking business, the business that you are going to use to purchase and finance everything you buy, which is the banking business. So two businesses, the business which which you're currently in, where you're making a living now, and number two, the banking business, the one that's going uh, to be used to finance everything you do while you buy. So, Hannah, let's talk about paying off debt with the money multiplier plan. Um, of course, I show the money multiplier maps, right? We show that in our presentation, okay. the money multiplier map. Um, so kind of explain to the people right now about how we use the policy to pay down the debt and pay off the debt or kind of like, okay, the way we show it in the map. Give a couple examples of that if you would. Yeah. So first off, what you want to do is think of the policy as your own privatized bank. So I don't even think of my policy as a whole life policy. I think of it as the bank of Hannah. And so what I do is, number one, we have to pay ourselves first. Because right now, what you're doing in life is you're paying everybody else first. You're paying the car people, the house people, the grocery store, the, the electricity, and you hope that there's some left over for you. So pay yourself first and make yourself the priority in your life. Put your dollars into the policy first. Now you got cash in there, you got cash value access, take a loan from the policy and then go give it to your credit card people, right? So, so now when you have that loan and you've given it and you've taken it to your credit card people, they're happy, they're done with you, they're good. So now what you wanna do is you wanna play honest banker with yourself. You know, we, we talk about that a lot. What we do now is we treat our money like it's free money, and we can't we can't think of it like that. We we need to mm. think of it as as money that that is valuable, and treat your money like the bank's money, and pay yourself back just how you would a bank, right? So when you take a loan from a bank, you pay them back, you pay them back with interest, and you never skip a beat in doing it. So treat your money just like that, because if you don't, all you're saying is, is that your money is not as valuable as the mm -hmm. bank's money. So, right, so now we've taken a loan from the policy, we've given it to the credit card people, mm -hmm. they're good, they're happy. Now let's just redirect that cash flow back into the policy, paying ourselves back and paying ourselves back mm -hmm. with interest. And then let's repeat the cycle. When we're done, we have all of that debt cleared off, we're back to zero, that's when maybe we wanna look into maximizing this plan by, by taking loans from the policy and going and doing it in different investment deals to get an eight, 10, 12% return on the cash. Yeah, no, those are all great points. Um, and, and again, as far as how do you get the most out of it? How do you maximize the return on the policy? Well, if um, if I'm hoping you guys have all already or you're going to get the book Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash, the fifth edition. 
If you don't have it, you can go to our website, themoneymultiplier.com, and you can order it on their right hand. They can order the book on yep. there, Becoming Your Own Banker, right? Well, that, again, so the book by R. Nelson Nash, Becoming Your Own Banker. Even in that book, here's what Nelson says on page 54, page 59, 60, 61, 62. If you notice those pages... It's the same individual, and he's putting the same amount of premium into the policy. The only difference is, as those pages increase, he's using the policy more for the things he has to buy in any way, for the things that he has to buy anyway. For example, um, whenever that book was written by Nelson, that's a real-life example. That is actually Nelson's nephew. He owned a logging company, a logging business in Georgia, so he had to buy equipment. He had to buy trucks, tractors, tree shears, right? So if So again, all he did... Okay, all he did is he started the policy first, and now he's going to buy that equipment through the policy. Really, all we're doing, all Hannah's telling you here, okay, all we're doing is we're adding one step in our financial life. That's it. We're just adding one additional step. We're putting our money in the policy first. So if I go back to those pages, page 54, 59, 60, 61, 62... Okay, he's putting the same amount of premium into the policy in all of those examples. Now, if you notice, page 54 is the worst case out of all of those pages. And it gets better as it goes up. So page 54 is the worst. Page 62 is the best. On page 54, all he does is he buys the policy, and he basically buys it, pays for it, he, and he Sticks sets it, it on his shelf or puts it in a drawer, and he doesn't use it. He doesn't use it at all. It just sits there. Now, even if he does that, that's not a bad thing, but that's probably the worst thing that you can do. The reason that you're working with Hannah and I is because you want to maximize these policies. You want to keep that money in motion, and you want to keep it moving. So as he goes up in the pages, like, for example, the next page is 59. So now he's going to use his policy to buy one truck. And he's going to pay himself back the same way he would have had to pay back the finance company if he borrowed the money from them to buy the truck. The next page, page 60, is two trucks. The next page, is uh, page 61, is three trucks. And page 62 is even twice as much of equipment. So each of those pages, as they go up, he has more value. He has more cash value. He's able to use more cash than all the previous pages. His death benefit is higher, and the retirement income is higher. So all he did is just, all he did is just one thing. He just used the policy more in each of those pages because he had to buy the stuff anyway, right? He had to buy the trucks, the, the tree shears, the tractors. He had to buy it anyway. So all he's doing is he's using the policy. So when we're maximizing our plan, we're keeping that money in motion and we're using it for all of the things we're buying in life anyway. We're using it for all of our debts and expenses anyway. So all we've really done is we've added one step in our financial life. All right, well, we talked a little bit earlier, Hannah. We talked about investing in real estate and investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, right, with the policy. So how do we do that, really? Well, same way. We're just, now what we're gonna do, if, if, if like, okay, for example, let's say you're a real estate investor and you wanna go buy a piece of property, you wanna loan somebody money on a note or something, right, do note investing. Well. The thing you can do is you can go to your policy and you can borrow, okay, the money from the insurance company at 5%. 
all day long. You can borrow the money from the insurance company at 5%. Now, remember, when you borrow the money, you're not really borrowing your money, right? You're putting your policy up for collateral, so there's no interruption of compound interest. So now can we go get into that real estate project or that real estate deal that we want to get into and earn 8, 10, 12%? Absolutely, all day long. Those deals are out there all the time. So let's just do simple math here. We borrow at 5 and we earn 10. We borrow at five and we earn 10. Is that okay to do that? I mean, how many times a day would you borrow, pay 5% interest to someone if you know you're earning 10%? How many times would you pay $5 if you're gonna get $10 back, right? You would do it all day long. So that's all we're doing. We're using the policy. Okay, again, we're putting the money in the policy first. Remember, premium deposit. As Hannah said earlier, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. That's the premium deposit that's going into the policy, right? And then we're going to use the money. We're going to collaterally um, assign our policy. We're going to right just take a loan out against the our policy, not our money out of the policy. Putting our policy up for collateral, and we're going to make ten percent. So all day long, I would pay five dollars if I'm going to earn ten dollars. You agree, Hannah? Yes. Now I have a question though. Okay. What if I don't have the, that amount of cash value in my policy? Let's say I want to go purchase a, a piece of property that's two hundred and fifty. Maybe I only have fifty thousand in my policy. Well, then you just use whatever you have because it's wherever you're at right now, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually, as Nelson Nash says, if you're reading that book, Becoming Your Own Banker, on the top of page 48, your premium and income should equal, right? Eventually, income and premium should equal. That's what Nelson Nash says. So if you want to go buy a piece of property for $250,000, as you're saying, Hannah, but you've only got 50,000 in your policy, well then just use what you have. You know, you just, you gotta, you gotta start with where you're at. Look, Back when I started my first policy, I had $984,711 in debt. Do you think I had the money to go out and start a policy? Absolutely. And I started it for $2,000 a month because I couldn't afford to pay it annually. Yeah. So, but I knew I had to start somewhere. Well, I didn't pay off all that debt right away. I didn't put all the money in the policy right away and pay off the debt. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. So how are you going to pay out down the debt? One bite at a time. One bite at a time, a little bit at a time. So don't get so overwhelmed. Don't try to see the end game right away. You know, you got to start. Like, just like you, Hannah, you're leaving to drive a truck up to uh, Idaho for me, right? You're driving a truck and my motorcycle and you're pulling a motorcycle trailer to Idaho. Well, and and the thing you're going to do is you're going to stop in Kansas City. You got friends in Kansas City. You got a little Airbnb and stuff. You're going to stop there this weekend, right? So, but okay. So when you get in the car Friday, okay, when you get in the car Friday morning, are you really concerned about the exact location in Idaho where you're going? No. No. You just got to get up the road, man. Mm-hmm. You got to. You just got to get on the highway in the and general then, direction. In the general direction, right? So you're just going in the general direction. You know you're heading in the general direction, so you know where you kind of want to go. But you don't care what the traffic's like in Idaho or what's open or what the weather is today, right? Or, or on Friday when you get in the car, because first of all, you're driving up there. You're going to stop in Kansas City, spend a few days in Kansas City before you go. So you're just focused on, hey, let me just do what I need to do to get to where I need to get right now, today, or in the next hour, in the next 15 minutes, in the next two hours, three hours, right? You're not focused on the end of the trip. 
yeah, eventually you know where you want to go. You got the vision of where you want to go and when you want to be there. But you got to eat the elephant one bite at a time. You got to take the trip one bite at a time, right? So could you imagine having a map for every from from going from Florida to I from from okay so, so from starting in Florida and going to Idaho? Well, how many maps would that be if you had a paper map? That could be a dozen paper maps. Well, the first day when you leave, are you going to be looking at the Idaho map? No. No, you're not, right? So don't, I mean, yes, it's there. It's there for you to access. You can see it down the road, but that's at the back of your stack. So the same thing with your money. Okay. Um, also, like buying a car with the money multiplier plan. Well, we show you that pretty cut and dry and clear, right? When you go watch the presentation, and if you haven't watched the presentation, go to the website, www.themoneymultiplier.com, right? www.themoneymultiplier.com. At the top of the homepage under resources, click on that and then click on the word presentation to view the full 90 plus minute presentation it's also broken up into 10 individual sections and there's a downloadable attachment that has my examples well in that i show you how to buy a car how to buy a car with this plan and how to get all the money back for the car that you bought so not only do you get the car but you get the money back so that should be crystal clear to you guys once you see that and if it's not contact us and let us walk you through it but as you know a car is just a it's it's just an item that you can buy by doing this concept if i can do it with a car hannah can i do it with anything with a house a bicycle is there anything i can't do it with no not a at all. any product or service that you cannot do this with no. i mean look hannah you've been around this for a long time and you've heard me speak on this for a long time is there anything at all that's out there that you cannot use your policy for that you are aware of nope zero because it's your cash it's your money and it's available to you when you want it when you want it you have the first right to that money mm -hmm. and now hannah let me ask you this when the insurance company let's say somebody uh, says oh i, I want to get a loan for my policy man that's a lot of painful paperwork to go through isn't it in uh -huh. order to access a loan yep so can you describe hannah for the listeners how painful it is for people to, to obtain a policy loan from the insurance company. Yep. You ready for this? Okay, Hannah, tell them. So I got to call up the customer service area and I give them my policy number. I tell them I want to take a loan. They come back and ask me, how much or do you want the maximum that's available? Usually I tell them the maximum that's available. And then they, they say, okay, do you want us to mail you a paper check or do you want it directly deposited into your bank account? And then typically I tell them direct deposit and, and that loan shows up. We say immediately, right, within 30 days. Honestly, it's not even 30 days. I, I just don't want to tell you 10 days and you get mad at me if it shows up in 12. That's right, exactly right. So it's that simple. It's that simple. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you don't even have to do this. You don't even have to request the policy loan from the insurance company because we here at the Money Multiplier are your servicing we agent. We want to help you. So all you got to do is you got to send us a text or an email or a quick phone call and say, hey, I want a loan. I want max loan or a dollar amount. Okay, well, do you want it deposited into your checking account or do you want a check mailed to you? It's that simple. We do it for you. Let us serve you. That's why we are here. We are your servicing agent. So you see how easy that is? I mean, it's that simple. Now, 
How many questions, Hannah, how many questions does the insurance company ask you about the loan, about the payback? Are you going to pay back the policy loan? Mm -hmm. So does the insurance company ask you when and if you're going to pay back the policy loan or why you want to use the money? No, no, they, they don't never ask me. And, and the reason that they never ask you is because honestly, a policy loan is the safest thing, safest place that the insurance company can give you and, and right they do make money off of us they, they we got that five percent interest that, that we got to pay but it's the safest thing that they can do because they're going to get made whole in the end they're, they're always going to get paid back because of the death benefit the death benefit on the policy and i know we don't talk much about death benefit but it's really just that cherry on top of the cake but but whatever you have of an outstanding loan because it's not if you die it's when you die so when you pass and that outstanding loan is still out there your death benefit is going to cover that so so your beneficiaries what they're going to get is all of the assets that you've purchased with your policy through the time and the living benefits that you've been using it, plus that extra little windfall of death benefit that they'll also get. So that's why Nelson then goes into leaving a family legacy. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Remember, so so anyway, the thing that Han's really saying is the policy loan is simply a prepayment of the death benefit. We're just borrowing against the death benefit. We're going to use our good dollars today and pay them back with weaker dollars in the future. The insurance company can never, ever lose. So the insurance company never asks you why you want a policy loan. See, here's what happens. Whenever we pay premium into the policy, the insurance company takes that money and they put about 80% of it, they put it into investment grade bonds, right? They put about another 7% where they loan out for home mortgages, all right? Another 7% is policy loans to their policy holders. And remember, you have first right of your money. So when you call the insurance company and you want to borrow your cash value, they have to give it to you. No matter if they have that money put tied up into somewhere else, they've got to get you your cash value because it is a mutual company. You are in control. You are first right. Right. You are first um, the person the in control, owner. the policy owner. So again, we got about 80% goes into investment grade bonds, 7% home mortgages, 7% policy loans, and the last 7% is cash, where the money is sitting in cash. Because when death occurs, which it does, all right, because anyway, so death does occur and death benefits have to be paid out in a timely manner. So the insurance company has to have that money on hand to pay that out in a timely manner. So no, the insurance company never asks you when and if you're going to pay back the policy loan because they know they're going to get paid back in the end because it's not an if you're going to die, it's a when you're going to die or pass or graduate or whatever word that you want to use. Now, the one thing Hannah said, I just want to expand on it. She says, hey, yeah, we pay the insurance company money because we're collaterally borrowing from them. But remember, yes, so, it, okay, so it, when you pay the insurance company interest, for example, 5% interest, remember where that 5% interest is going. It's going to the insurance company, but who owns the insurance company? You, the policyholder, do because you're a mutual owner, right? So, you, so, so now when the insurance company makes profit, and stuff, guess what do they do? They share the profit with you in the form of a dividend, right? So that's why the companies that we use have been paying dividends for over 100 plus consecutive years without fail. So in a way, yeah, you're paying your, just the loan back, but remember your money is growing and in, 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 in compounding without, um, without interruption, but you, but you, 
are actually using those good dollars today. So you're really borrowing from the death benefit. Such a powerful concept. And one thing I want to touch on is that a lot of people overlook is that the policy is growing at a compounding interest and we're paying that, that loan interest at a simple interest. Oh, that's huge. That's a great point. That's a great point. So it's compounding and when we pay loan interest, we pay it at simple interest. So yeah, no, that is a, that is a great point. Um, absolutely. So, okay. Well, Hannah, I, I think this has been good. Um, Anyway, Hannah, can you tell the listeners um, as far as how to take action if, if if they want to do a consultation with either you or I or someone on our team? And can you let them know what they need to do exactly um, in order to tr in order to see if this concept and this method is going to work for them? Can you tell them what they need to do? Yes. So step one, I would say is. Go to our website, www.themoneymultiplier.com, and underneath the resources tab there up on the top, you can see if it's a drop-down menu, and one of the things is called presentation. So click on presentation and spend the time. Watch this, because this is about your financial life and your financial future and about your financial health and your family's financial health. So spend the time. Spend the time watching the one-hour and 30-minute presentation that's on there and thus you, you'll get the groundbreaking foundation level of what we're doing the why's the what's the how's so anyways go on there go watch the presentation and then after that we're, we're very easily accessible I'll give you our phone numbers this is our cell phone number call us text us uh, Brent's is 785-248-9637 and his his email is Brent B-R-E-N-T Brent at themoneymultiplier.com and myself uh, Hannah my cell phone 913-908-3511 and my email Hannah H-A-N-N-A-H spell the same ways forwards and backwards huh. at themoneymultiplier.com. So get in contact with us, watch the presentation, write down your questions. As dad and Brent always says, a short pencil is better than a long memory. That's right. So write down your questions and then let's hop on a phone call. We, we don't charge anything for, for our consultations, heck even our servicing. You know, if you do decide that you wanna do this with us and our team, we want to show you how our family got out of the almost a million dollars of debt. We create those visual tools and there's no charge ever to what we do. We just want to help and deliver the message. Yeah, no, that's great, Hannah. And, and again, just to be clear, you know, there's never, okay, just like Hannah said, you're never going to write us a check for a dime. You're never going to write me a check, Hannah check. You're never going to write the money multiplier check. The way we get paid is if you start with us, is we get paid the same way your car insurance guy gets paid. So when you go to John Smith, the Allstate man, to buy car insurance, the check you write is not to John Smith. You write it to Allstate, right? And then Allstate pays John Smith a commission. That's how we get paid. So when you're working with us and you purchase the policy with us, you write the check to the insurance company itself, and then the insurance company pays us a commission. So that's how we get paid. We get paid a commission on your policy. So, okay, guys, again, www.themoneymultiplier.com. And um, uh, 
again, both Hannah and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for being on this podcast. Hannah, thanks for being on here with me. Um, this was really good. And I'm going to have Hannah on many, many, many more of these podcasts with me because she knows just as much as I do about this concept. Actually, she knows more when you get into the back office stuff. The only thing I have on her that she doesn't have is time. I've just been doing it longer than her. That's it. I just have time. I've just done it longer. But she is very in tune uh, with this concept. Like myself, Hannah's a licensed producer um, as well. So, and authorized practitioners. Oh, absolutely. We're both IBC, Infinite Banking Concept, authorized practitioners on the Nelson Nash Institute. I would so. say that we're like the experts in this because this is all that we do. This is all and we if do. If somebody comes to us and, and say, hey, I just want term insurance. I want a simple whole life. We send them somewhere else because yep. that's just not what we do. Nope. We're 100% this concept. We design our policies exactly the way Nelson Nash has, has taught us to design them. So, okay, Hannah, it was great. We'll go ahead and end. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being on, and we will see you for the next uh, podcast. Have a great day. Bye.